Hello, hello, my fellow podcast people. I hope you're doing very, very well on this fine Thursday afternoon or whatever day and time it is for you right now as you're listening to this podcast episode. I'm your host, as per usual, Azarin, the language nerd. You can find me primarily on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and YouTube, but also secondarily whenever I feel like posting on TikTok and on Tumblr. My username on all these platforms is exactly the same. It is at polyglotazrin. That is spelled P-O-L-Y. G-L-O-T-A-Z or Z, depending on your country, R-E-N. You can also find me simply by searching Azrin, the language nerd, on whatever your favorite social media platform is. And again, that is spelled A-Z or Z-R-E-N, the language nerd. And welcome to another podcast episode. I'm very, very excited, as per usual, to be recording this one here. First and foremost, I want to give you guys a Netflix show recommendation. I've recently started watching this one and I've been enjoying it tremendously. The show is called The Last Kingdom. Basically, I don't know if this is actually, I know for a fact this show is not for everyone, but for people who like kings and knights and like medieval stuff, this isn't medieval, but any kind of like kings and knights and kingdoms and battles and epicness and and like courtroom drama and courtroom as in like, like the courts of the knights and everything anyone who likes those kinds of shows is most likely going to like the last kingdom i find myself i really like those kinds of shows i mean i liked rain when it was on tv i really liked merlin i like currently right now the last kingdom even if we rewind in my life i was a big fan a big fan of like knights and stuff as a kid one of my favorite toys ever that my mom bought for me was this essentially a a, a big toy castle that came with all these like different knights some of them were wearing black armor the others were wearing gold armor i believe the black armor people based on like the emblems on their on their um what do you call it on their armor and whatnot i think those are like the bad guys and the gold colored knights are the good guys but Oh my god, it came with a cannon, and like, it was just so freaking cool. So, Last Kingdom, really good show. I highly recommend it. One more life update, then we'll jump into some language learning stuff here. So, actually, two quick life updates. First of all, I'm feeling a lot less tired today. I got a much better sleep yesterday. I will say that I'm still a little bit tired. I feel like, for some reason, two nights ago, that sleep was, like, atrocious, and it taxed my body, like incredibly so i feel like last night i recovered whatever 70 percent of the energy that i lost but i still feel a little bit of it lingering today very weird it's not something that's happened overly often to me Um, i think i'll definitely need to make sure that i get a good night's sleep today really get some rest to make sure that by tomorrow i'm back to like a hundred percent and not like 80 percent second life update and this is what i'm not overly excited about is that tomorrow is friday and my classes at the university start again the winter semester starts i'm in the next mandarin class and man i'm just not not overly excited just real talk i mean i know i don't know it's just not overly excited per se but overall it's the right thing for me to do it's going to keep me accountable it's going to be good for me it's the right decision it's going to make me right it's going to make me work It's kind of like how often you don't like uh, going to work out or going to see your personal trainer or things like that, but it's so good for you. 
you know, this is a similar kind of feeling. And I know once I'm back in school, ultimately it's going to be a really good thing and I'm going to like it because it's going to bring a certain level of discipline to my mornings. And what I mean by that is since there's, I have class every morning, so it's gonna bring an extra level of discipline to make sure, you know, I have a good structure throughout the week. And I know myself, I need that structure to be like fully productive and whatnot um, and effective and all of that. So that's gonna be a really good positive that comes out of it. And a fun thing is that once I'm back on campus, there's a lot of fun things that happen on campus that I like. The French Center reopens where I have a lot of friends. My Chinese Conversation Club restarts again. I believe it starts tomorrow, if not the week after. I'm not really sure when, but it starts up again. So a lot of good things coming too, but just there's an initial apprehensiveness, an initial, oh, I don't want classes to be starting that is definitely coursing through my body and going through my mind. Anyway, Let's jump into some language learning topics here. And today what I wanted to do is I want to answer some, some questions that I've been receiving in DMs and messages and Facebook messages and Snapchat and stuff like that over the past week or two. I've answered them in a one-off kind of way, like one-on-one, -on -one, but there's, a, there's, there's some of them that I think would be useful to talk about on this podcast here. So the first one we'll talk about, and this is going to apply to people who want to learn multiple languages. So somebody asked me, Azran, when does it make sense to start the second language? So I'm learning, for example, this guy was learning, I believe it was Japanese, if I remember correctly. I could be off base on that, but this individual was learning a specific language and he wanted to add a second language, AKA, a, well, I guess it'd be a third language if you count the mother tongue, but a second foreign language to be specific. And he's like, when should I do that? Should I do it at the same time? Should I wait till I'm fluent in my first foreign language? Should I, like, what should that look like? And here's my take on it. As a general whole, the rule that I like to follow is I like to have a good handle on one foreign language before I transition to another one, generally speaking. So for example, when I started to learn Spanish, I spoke French really well. I already had my B2 DELF certificate, so that's like an upper intermediate uh, upper intermediate kind of level. I, uh, or did I have it? Yes, I did have it at the time when I started. And even then I, I really had probably not quite a C1, but I was on my way to kind of like more of an advanced level. No doubt. I felt incredibly comfortable in French when I started Spanish. When I started Mandarin, same thing. You know, I had been going, doing Spanish for a long time, probably been like seven years or actually, let me see, seven years. Let me do the math. I started I started Spanish when I was like 16, 17. I started Mandarin when I was 22. So that would be like four, six. Yeah, about six, five to six years of Spanish, right? I'd been doing approximately when I'd learn, when I started to do, um, when I started to learn Mandarin, something in that, you know, in that vein. And again, I was very strong in Spanish already when I started Mandarin. The reason I like to do that is because of my personal goals. I want to achieve like a near native, extremely fluent kind of level in all the languages that I study. So if you are someone like that and you want to achieve a really high level, I find it's easier to just focus one language at a time. Now, I will throw a little curveball in for you. Um, if, you are, um, if you are someone who doesn't necessarily need to get to a extremely fluent level where you can 
where you know like thousands of words, you're familiar with all the grammar, you can read and write on an extremely high level, you can write papers. If you're not trying to get to that level and you just want to be conversational or functional in various languages, there's an argument to be made that perhaps once you've achieved an intermediate level in your first foreign language, then you can transition over to another one. That is definitely an argument to be made and there's nothing necessarily wrong with that. The third option I'll throw at you is you could just do two languages simultaneously. You could. Just understand that you're going to need to dedicate more time in order to actually make the progress that you're going to want to make in, in both languages. A general rule that I follow is that a bare, bare, bare bone minimum that you should be putting towards your languages to be making consistent progress is about five hours per week. Maybe that's like one hour of class with, you know, one hour of homework with like, I don't know, half an hour of following some program, an hour and a half of listening to some TV show. Like it can look as it, you can structure it how you want to structure it, but it should be approximately five hours a week per language. So if you want to take on two languages, you know, you're looking at, at a minimum, 10 hours a week. Ideally a little more, but roughly 10 as a, as a, as a, um, as a starting point, as a minimum. So hopefully that, that clarifies it. Hopefully it gives you a couple of options, a few different potential pathways to follow. Again, I'll stress this though. I think for the majority of, the majority of you, especially if you do want to achieve a certain level of fluency in your foreign languages, I would try and transition to another, like a second foreign language or a third foreign language or add it on. Probably when you're at like an upper intermediate, reasonably comfortable level in the language. So finish it off, finish one language off to the best of your ability to, you know, to the best of your ability before moving to another one. I think that'll work for most of you. Now, another question I received, and this is more on the teaching side of things is, and actually I'm going to twist it a bit so that it applies to language teachers and language learners, because I realize there's both who listen to this podcast. Um, the original question was, Azrin, what, like, what do you do in the first lesson with a new student? And this was in the context of private tutoring, so one-on-one, -on -one, um, or like in a kind of a small group kind of setting where you get a few different people um, that are reasonably around the same level, but you don't really know what their level is. So. That, that was the original question. I'm gonna twist it a bit and I'm going to make the question, what should be done in the first, when you first start learning a language, both from a teaching and a learning perspective. So when you're first starting, when you're first learning a language and, you've, and you're a pure, pure beginner, you've never really done it before, I think a good way to start is just to start learning some basic phrases. Hello, goodbye, please, thank you, learn some swear words, learn some things that make you laugh. Just learn to start learning something and try your best to get them to start pronouncing the funny sounds, the foreign sounds. You're going to have a lot of questions like, wait, what does that actually mean? And they'll explain to you. That's I, I find a really good way to start. On the teaching perspective, when you get someone in front of you for the first time, um, you know, I think the first thing you've got to figure out is what are their outcomes? What are they trying to get out of it? Like, why are they learning? What level do they want to get to? Are they on any specific timelines? Do they want to be writing any specific tests? Are the things they value more than others when it comes to learning that language? Blah, 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 blah. Get their outcomes, learn more about them. And then you've got to figure out roughly where their level is currently. Um, I know a lot of people like to do a formalized, <clears throat> like a formal level placement test, like a written test or an oral test or whatever. They'll do a formal kind of test. 
uh, which is fantastic. Go, 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 go ahead. There's nothing wrong with it. I think it's great. Another option, this is typically what I tend to do and it gives me a really good idea of where they're at is I will ask people, the first thing I'll ask them and I'll say it in the target language is, hey, if I speak to you in the, in the target language, do you understand? And I'll say it at a reasonably, not super fast speed, but I'll say it at a normal speed. And if they give me a blank stare, that tells me everything. That tells me that they're like beginner, beginner. Because if they can't even understand me saying, hey, do you understand me when I speak? If they cannot even remotely comprehend what you just said, they're beginner, beginner. If it's a group scenario and I, and I have like varying levels in one room, I'll be like, hey, raise your hand if you understand what you, what, or sorry, raise your hand if you understand me right now. And I'll say that like, or I'll say even simpler. No, what I actually say is this. I'll say, who understands me right now? And I put, and I wait for the hands to go up. People whose hands go up have some kind of basis in the language, right? Because that means they, they know their question words. They know the word who, right? They know if I said understands, they know that verb, they know me, they, they know something, they know enough to put their hand up, which means that they have a basis. They, they do have something in the language. People whose hands stay down, they're like, what the heck is going on? <laughs> then I know that they're like beginner, beginner. So I start with that. From there, I'll usually start to ask some basic questions. Oh, how are you? How's it going? How's your day? Oh, well, um, how, how long have you been studying blah, blah, blah language? Why are you learning it? Where are you from? I'll just start asking very simple questions, basic kind of questions. And based on the complexity of the answers, that's going to tell me very easily what their level is. Because there's like a checklist for learning languages. There's like a checklist. There's like, there's a big one, but there's like certain grammar points you have to know. There's certain pronunciation things you have to know. There's certain, you know, there's like various checklists. And for the languages that I teach, I know these checklists kind of very well. I have them internalized. So I can tell, oh, this person never uses the past tense when they speak. Oh, they don't know that, okay. Oh, this person only speaks in present. Oh, okay. Oh, wow, this person speaks in future and past really well, but clearly they haven't studied the imperfect because they're not doing it. Or this person speaks really grammatically correctly, but man, they speak really slowly. Seems like they've been doing a lot of input, most likely, a lot of class kind of stuff. Oh, wow, this person brought a big notebook with lots of like tabs in it. Interesting, they've clearly taken classes. Oh, wow, I see in their notebook, I see in their backpack, they're using this textbook. They've probably taken classes at this particular school. Okay, cool, that gives me an idea of what they know. Like, it just starts to ask, asking them and then judging the behavior of how they respond to things, right? It, immediately, within three minutes, I know exactly where they are, exactly where you are, what you know, what you don't know, where we gotta go, it just tells me. So you can do a formalized test as a teacher or just start asking some very simple questions and listen to what grammar points they're using, what grammar points they're not, what kinds of vocabulary they're using, what kind of vocabulary they're not, how's their accent, how comfortable do they sound, you know, a lot of things like that. And that's going to give you a very good indication within the first five minutes what they need, what you've, what you need to be working on with them. So, hopefully that helps the teachers. Hopefully that helps the pure beginners of a language um, when you're starting off something new. <clears throat> I think one last thing I'll say on the language learner side: when you take a new class, or you, let's say you're taking a, a lessons with a private tutor, uh, especially with a private tutor, um, but a language class as well, I think can also apply. I would be extremely clear with whoever the teacher is about what your outcomes are. If you're listening to this podcast right now and you've been listening for a certain period of time, you have a certain knowledge about language learning that the average language learner probably doesn't. And so 
while an ad an average language learner would not know what their outcomes are they wouldn't they don't have, they don't know enough about language learning to actually know how to select an outcome like if you told me if you threw me in a in like a construction class like on how to build stuff and they're like hey what do you want to get out of this i'd be like i don't know i want to learn some basics of cutting stuff and putting it together i I just don't know enough about the field to even give you an educated answer. But if you're listening to this, you are semi-educated at a minimum. So you know enough to be able to tell your teacher kind of some of the things you'd like to get out of it. I highly recommend you do that. Another thing I received a lot uh, in terms of questions is uh, resources for learning languages. And the specific question, I've gotten this a few times, that the question generally ends up going in the following direction. Azarin, what would you recommend to learn blah 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 aspect of blah 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 language or how can I improve blah 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 aspect of blah 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 language I'm really struggling with it and we talk about it and usually I'll give a bunch of resources right more often than not some of the resources that I offer or some of the options we come up with cost money and often the people I'm talking to go oh I didn't want to spend money and I wanted to address this to learn a language, you are able to do it for free. There's no doubt about it, but I'm telling you, it is way more difficult to do it for absolute free than it is to spend a little bit of money. You probably, when you're learning a language, you're going to need to spend some money. And very few, if not, like literally, is like 90, 99% of you have some money to spend towards your language learning. Like it's just reality. Now, some of you might be in extreme situations where you've got four kids and this debt or blah, 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 like a really crazy bad situation, in which case, fine, that, that makes sense. You've got to look at free resources, fine. But when I get the number of people that message me <clears throat> and, 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 and are saying, oh, I don't have the money for language learning, there's no, it just, it just doesn't, it seems, it seems like there's too many people who want to just get it for free and are not willing to put in a hundred dollars because I'm telling you, a little bit of money goes a long way when it comes to learning languages. I often find when you have a specific issue, when you have a very specific challenge with language learning as a whole, usually the fastest way, the absolute fastest and the cheapest usually way to fix it is to spend like $150 with a private tutor. Just spend it. It, because when you're with a private tutor, you can work on that one issue. Just do it. It's going to be way better for you. I find a lot of people try and get around it by Googling stuff, by YouTubing stuff, by listening to videos, reading blog posts, trying stuff at home, blah, 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 asking me questions, all of this, which is great. Do it. You should do all of that. But please understand, once you've done that, that's probably only step one. If you're struggling with something that's very narrow, very specific, a very specific problem that is not something like, oh, you know, man, I don't, you know, I don't know, what would be a specific problem? If you're like struggling with a specific sound in a language or you are not able to, like you really struggle to talk about things in the past tense or you really don't understand how the subjunctive works in Spanish or you absolutely just cannot freaking figure out how the word order works in Mandarin because it's like so confusing and you can't figure it out. Whenever there's one pronunciation point or two pronunciation points, one or two grammar points, one or two whatever, right? When it's one or two elements of a language, 
If you just spend three to five hours or two to six hours with a private tutor on that issue, you're gonna resolve it. A lot of people don't wanna do it, but I'm telling you it's usually the fastest and often the, one of the cheaper ways to do it, especially when you have resources like italki, like I, italki.com, where, or even like verbling.com. I'm, I'm not as familiar with verbling. I haven't used it as much, but I know it's a website that's similar to italki. Verbling, if you wanna check it out, is spelled V-E-R-B, L-I-N-G, that's the website, Verbling. So feel free to Google that and, and find it. Um, you can find, you can often find teachers for very affordable rates, like $5 an hour, $10 an hour. Versus for example, in my city, if I find a local tutor, the least I'll be paying, generally speaking, is like 20, 25 bucks an hour, usually. <laughs> and really, and that can go up to like 50 bucks an hour, 55, 60, depending on where, who you're hiring, you're hiring, what kind of school or institution or person, what kind of experience they have. So comparatively speaking, again, depending on where you live, there's reasonably affordable options to be able to hire a private tutor. So anyway, um, that's just one thing I really wanted to stress because it, it can help a lot of you. And spend some money, buy a program, buy something, it'll help you. I'm just telling you, oh my God. <laughs> um, any other... Any other questions here that we can talk about? So look at my list, make sure I'm not forgetting any. I think that was all of them that I wanted to cover. Let me double check. Um, yes, that was everything I wanted to cover in this podcast. So thank you for listening. I appreciate your attention. You guys rock. Have a fantastic Thursday or whatever day it is for you. Have a good weekend because we're almost there. And I will talk to you guys later. Bye for now. See you.